Power rankings time. Who are the worst and best teams in the NFL heading into 2023? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Feel free to get those mailbag questions in early on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Shout out to our friends at Pro Football Focus. They dropped their 2023 preseason power rankings, Matt. And uh, an interesting yeah. list here. I think some names, some teams are not surprising. Some are, but I want to go through here and what we agreed with, what we did not, and kind of have our take on it and what you know what impact move they made in the offseason for these teams that might have skewed their power rankings from what we saw to end the 2022 season yeah and good exercise for you know early july or you know fourth of july eve here you know that, that it's not a, a real busy time in the league i'm planning on putting together a power rank a pre-training camp power ranks of my own so that'll be something on the horizon maybe a couple weeks away uh, also, if there's anything you guys want to hear specifically, if there's a show or a list or something you want me to put together, please just you know reach out to the two of us and we'll have that for you. So let's dig in. We have, we have a lot of teams to cover here. And I do want to say, hopefully, uh, you know, and and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys the holiday and is safe. Yeah. And this time of see this t- this time of the year, uh, you know, unless maybe your team signs one of the free agents to a to a big contract or something like that. I hope that's the news your team gets if you get news this week, and it's not the variety of somebody on your team got a you know, suspended for gambling or God forbid loses a finger. Right? <laughs> right, that's, right. that's sort of the the news cycle we're in right now. So hopefully everybody on your favorite roster has all of their digits on July 5th. Not a lot of good news happens the next couple of weeks, unfortunately, you know, historically. No. Uh, the not a lot of great news for the Arizona Cardinals over the course of really the last couple of seasons, but really this off season, has put the Arizona Cardinals in as the clear favorite for the number one overall pick in the draft next year. They are 32 in these power rankings. Matt, if you and I independently did power rankings, the Arizona Cardinals would be 32. But at the same time, maybe that is the best thing for this franchise is to get a a franchise-changing quarterback in the draft and go lose all your games this year. I I think... Sweeping changes were needed, whether that ends up being a new quarterback in the future or tons of losses. That's probably the case. They're not a good football team. They would be 32 for me. But to throw a little bit of a negative spin on it, I don't I have questions. Again, I would make sweeping changes. But during the Kyler Murray era, they've always done a good job of having J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, Larry Fitzgerald, like big time leaders. And if you're building a new culture, Who are those guys? And no disrespect to Jonathan Gannon, 
I don't know if he's a good head coach or not. He's a fine hire. But his job with the Eagles was a pretty fun canvas to paint on. I mean, he had great players. They were always winning late in games. Like, I think a lot of defensive coordinators could have done what he did with the Eagles. Yes. So so that remains to be seen if right. they got that right. And the only th- – <laughs> because – I love what he did. You know, his, his, his team, the, that Philadelphia Eagles defense performed so well for Jonathan Gannon. Sure. The only thing I can think of with him, cause I didn't really know him. I didn't follow the Eagles close enough. I'm sure uh, our friends at locked on Eagles, we could have them on. They could tell us more about him as a person. They don't seem mm-hmm. too worried about losing their assistance. And, and maybe that's something, you know, to ding the, the Eagles on who are going to be you know on the other side of this list. And we can't spend too much time on every team, but I just think of Jonathan Gannon. There's that clip of him in the office, and he's uh, I don't even remember which wide receiver he's talking to, but it's one of the fast guys. And he goes, Hey, pew, 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 shots. He's like, <laughs> what are you, like, and the, the players look at him like, what are, you, what are you doing right now? And he's like, You're fast. We're going to take shots down the field. And he's like, He just seemed like a goofball. So I don't know. We'll see what it is. Like there, but love Paris Johnson. Love what they did in the draft. And not only the first pick, they might have the first and second pick in the draft next year because mm-hmm. the team at 32 or at 31 is the Houston Texans. Yeah, and again, they need sweeping changes too. I just feel better about their sweeping changes. I look, I know they're young, but I think that there's more in place. I have more faith in their new head coach. And prediction, this isn't going out on much of a limb. When it's all said and done, when we're in like week 10 or even week 18, I bet the Texans are better than 31st. I mean, I, I actually have some hope for this team for the first time in a while. I do as well, and you never know what those things that happen through the course of a season where there's a team that you thought would be at least decent that just completely goes in the tank. And sure. They're, they're awful. Uh, I, I do like the direction of the Texans. I cannot believe there was the uh, Indianapolis – or no, wait. Uh, it must have been the Cardinals War Room? No, it wasn't. the. Yeah, it was the Cardinals War Room video of them trading and trying to trade out of number three. Mm. And it made it sound like the Texans offered – their own pick and not the Cleveland Browns pick. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that they would rather have the Browns pick than their own pick in next year's draft. And so we'll see what oh. that turns out to be for the Cardinals who now own the, uh, the Texans pick. They still have a first round pick, but really interesting there. And, and the CJ Stroud era and the Will Anderson era has begun with the Texans and the D'Amico Ryan's era is really the, maybe the most important thing there. So some work to be done there. I don't expect them to be really good, but I, I like the direction. I finally have some optimism that they could get respectable. I mean, they've been far from respectable for a long time now. Here's an interesting one. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams, two seasons removed from, uh, you know, less than two calendar years, a year and a half removed from winning the Super Bowl, hoisting the Lombardi. They are power ranked number 30 overall by pro football focus here entering the season. And that stars and scrubs group they put together to win a Super Bowl has become a lot more scrubs than stars, but they still have uh, some of the best players in the league at a couple of positions. Yeah. So I guess everyone does power ranks differently. And my steadfast rule on power ranks are how good are you right this minute? You know, like if I always make the joke, if you play a 111 game series in Wichita, Kansas, in the middle of nowhere on a neutral field, do the Rams beat the Bears? Do the Rams beat the Panthers? And I think as constructed right this minute, which is very, very fragile for how this team is, I think they're much better than 30. I mean, they'd be like 24. They wouldn't be high. But one little domino falls, this team's going to be a disaster. Uh, th- there's a note here, and I kind of knew it was happening, but just seeing the sheer numbers of young players that are going to be on this roster and no the no-name defense they have around Aaron Donald, like the, the, even with Aaron Donald playing at a defensive player of the year level, 
they're going to be bad on defense. Oh, and so bad. They're going to yeah. need Stafford and Cup to be huge on offense as well for them to even be respectable. You're going to have to outscore teams. So, McVay, this will be your best coaching job if you are better than an average football team this year. And I expect them to, to not be great, to be honest with you. But how about this? Yeah. 14-player draft class and 26 undrafted that. free agents added to the group. I mean, that's, that's yeah. unbelievable. That's 40 rookies on this roster. 40 rookies. And maybe... 16 of them make the team or 18 of them make this team, you know, like everyone brings a lot of rookies to camp, not 40, but I mean, 20 of them might make this roster and 15 of them on defense. Like it's going to be bad. Yeah. yeah. And how many of them are starting and playing roles late in the year will be, will be huge for this yeah. one. And none uh, the of them first team. round picks. <laughs> right. <laughs> The next team here at 29 is the Indianapolis Colts. And this is a pretty easy one just because when you draft and you're going to, and look, they, they, they should be playing him from week one. This isn't a let's let him sit situation. I don't think for the Colts, like Anthony Richardson is there. They've got some good players on this team. They're going to be run heavy on offense. So maybe that keeps games close. But when you're starting a rookie quarterback from week one, who's a raw quarterback, it's hard to be very high in, in power rankings when you were already a bad team who was drafted in the top five anyway. See, I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think their defense is average. You know, Buckner, Leonard, you know, those dudes. It's not great. I mean, they're missing some dudes. They traded Gilmore, but I think it'll be okay. And Isaiah Rogers? Yeah, well, there you go too. But their offense was last in DVOA by a wide margin. I mean, the Saturday era, Matt Ryan, like, I think it's going to be the 20th best offense in the league and at least be hard to play against with that running game and some pass catchers. So Yeah, and, and if Steichen does that, then yeah. you know, more power to him. And, and he's got the, you know, he's got the history in the background of being able to put together a, a scheme for Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. so he can hold his head above water. And they've got one of the best running backs in the NFL and a good offensive line. So I like that formula. But, man, even the Colts themselves, you go back to rookie – Peyton Manning, and it was bad. It's just hard to win with a rookie quarterback in the NFL. 100%. I mean, I say this a lot, so I'm not going back, and I'm not going to fight you on it. I really think rookie quarterbacks have a really, really hard time. No, that's not big news, Matt. Thanks. But rookie rookie head coaches almost have just as bad of winning percentages, and this team has both. You know, that's not great. Speaking of first-year quarterbacks, you might think the Colts should be ahead of the next team as we do the first half, 32 through 17, of Power Rankings next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And why not go to the biggest pool of possibly qualified candidates? Everybody's already on LinkedIn, right? I'm on LinkedIn. Matt's on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn. Put your job on the purple, the purple hashtag hiring frame to let people know in your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire for your job. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Just go to LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Here we go, Matt. We are on to number 28 in these PFF power rankings, and it is the Carolina Panthers. And uh, very similar with a, a team that has a pretty good defense, starting a rookie quarterback. How do you differentiate a team like the Panthers and the Colts going into this season? Yeah, I, I think it's a good spot for the Panthers. I mean, I know we're not talking about wins and loss totals, but fortunately they're in an easier division. I, I think that there will be or, or an easy division, although the Colts are as well. So, um, but I, I think that there are some, some things here to kind of get excited about. You know, it's not a rookie head coach. It's a guy that's been around the block. And as they mentioned in this write-up, they have guys like Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers and Evero as the defensive coordinator that have, really established coaching staff, you know, to help the young quarterback. So I think this, I think there'll be some high moments. There'll be some positives, but in the end, I just think their weapons are going to sl slow this group down and the offense is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. And man, I saw uh, some photos from spring practices, mini camp OTAs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a picture of Andy Dalton, who's uh, backing up or, you know, maybe starting, but probably backing up Bryce Young there, who's the number, uh, you know, they didn't trade up to number one to not play their young quarterback. But, you know, saw the Bryce Young it looks like someone's kid snuck <laughs> on the field. Like I skinny know. neck. It's just like he is so small for an NFL quarterback. That doesn't mean he's going to be bad, but. Man, like every every turn you look, it's like this is such an outlier player. They traded a bunch to get up and get him, and and the weapons he has to utilize on offense are even worse because they went up to get him. You know, if they would have stayed at nine and drafted him, you'd have DJ Moore there to throw to. So, the, super interesting team here. I'm fascinated to see what Bryce Young looks like in preseason. I mean, I'm going to turn on the Panthers first thing because I just want to see what he looks like on the field if he looks as different as it seems like he's going to just because of how small he is in stature. And again, I'm rooting for the kid and I want him to be good and, and he's sure. got a lot of skills, but he just look like, and Andy Dalton's not a big quarterback. No, he's not saying this to Josh Allen. <laughs> right. He looks like a fully grown man next to Bryce Young. So fascinating. I've said this since before the draft. It worries the heck out of me. And I feel like an old curmudgeon scout. He's too small, you know, but I think he's too small. That is very old school scouting. And it and is. I know. I think it shows you how far we've come. Bryce Young does not go number one overall, probably six years ago. Right. And certainly not 15, 20 years ago. Right. I mean, somebody takes Jared Goff ahead of him, you know. No doubt. And Goff wasn't super physically. No, no. Uh, you know, he's just kind of a skinny young guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Winston. You want Carson yeah. Wentz. He wants 6'5, 240. Yep. I'm thinking about some of these early picks like Jameis Winston. I mean, they just look the part, you know, and he doesn't. How about the Atlanta Falcons coming in at 27 in the power rankings? I think Falcons fans would be mad about this. I think they should be. And I have a little bit of recency bias because. Shout out to Warren Sharp. He, I, I adore his book. I can't wait for it to come out. But he put two free chapters out on his website. I urge you guys to check it out. And it's the Falcons and Giants. And what he said about the Falcons was really encouraging. You know, that they were highly competitive last year, despite spending no money on either side of the ball, getting out from like Matt Ryan contracts, running the football, they were the least accurate team in the league from a quarterback perspective, mostly Mariota, and they went out and got some things. So I think one of my dark horse candidates or one of my dark horse bets is Atlanta to win the South. I think they're going to be in it. 
who I, I was a big fan of Ritter and I, and I thought he was mm-hmm. a smoking steal to get him in the third round. And, and he was one of my favorite quarterbacks. You know, I, I didn't think he should be a, a top 10 pick or maybe even a first round pick, but I liked him early second round to get him in the third round. And they brought in Jesse Bates on the defensive side yeah. of the ball, which I think is their biggest impact addition, even more so than Bijan Robinson, because I wasn't worried about how they ran the ball anyway. So we'll see what Bijan does as a pass catcher, and he can operate in a different area of the field than you know Pitts and Drake London, and uh, getting that second year jump for their young quarterback. Uh, again, another fat. There's a lot of really good storylines this year, and, and especially with the young rookie quarterbacks and, and some of the second year quarterbacks as well. So. Uh, Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. I'm really interested to see what the, this ends up looking like. And, uh, you know, getting some help on that back end, I think, was huge for the Falcons in free agency. And, and the Jesse Bates move is really not talked about. No, right. I mean, even Calais Campbell and just, you know, NFL players that'll help that defense quite a bit. Yeah. Get more good NFL players on your football team, right? That's right, right. Offseason. No, I, I like where they're at. The New Orleans Saints coming in at 26, speaking of that division in the NFC South. And, uh, you know, obviously the huge move there is they brought in an NFL quarterback and they got Derek Carr. So some solidification at quarterback. But, Matt, we've seen Dennis Allen and Derek Carr together before, and they didn't really bring home rings when they were in the Oakland Raiders organization. So how big of an impact is Derek Carr? And do you think that's enough for the New Orleans Saints? Enough is a big word. I mean, I think they're the leader in the clubhouse to win this division. It seems like we have a run on NFC South teams in this power rank. And frankly, the team in that division that we haven't mentioned yet, Tampa, I would have listed long ago. I would certainly have the Saints in Atlanta ahead of Tampa. I mean, 26 seems a little harsh on the Saints, who I think are like a league average football team. I'm I'm blown away. Uh, I, I didn't realize how high Tampa was on this list. I mean, I haven't looked yet, high, but I agree with you. I, I would for sure put the Saints and probably the Falcons above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, no, I definitely would. Because I, I like the direction they're going at quarterback a little bit better, mm-hmm. at least in the short term and for the Falcons, probably long term as well. Yep. I mean, Carolina versus Tampa, I think, is a, is a conversation. Las Vegas Raiders coming in between those teams in the uh, NFC South at 25. Las Vegas Raiders. What are they doing? They they jettisoned Derek Carr and brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. And now they're ahead of New Orleans Saints who brought in Derek Carr by one in these power rankings. I would have them lower. I, I think their defense is still very needy outside of edge rusher. And frankly, I don't trust Garoppolo to be out there for an extended stretch. And the, the I hate the backup plans behind him. And frankly, I just don't like the vision of the organization as a whole, to be very honest with you. And I'm not sure their head coach is a good head coach. Other than that, I love him. <laughs> he didn't paint a great picture. And no, it wasn't very kind. It's pretty low already. And it sounds like you're a lot lower on the Las Vegas Raiders than PFF is. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, uh, there, there's a chance that this offense is sneaky better than people are going to give it credit mm-hmm. for if Jimmy G can stay healthy and he's already got the, the foot thing that you know, sort of changed what his contract structure was going to be right when they signed him. And that's been one of his big problems with the 49ers was, uh, you know, not being Staying able to stay healthy for that team. And with Josh McDaniels, I, I kind of like the marriage there with Garoppolo. I don't think they're going to be worse at quarterback when Jimmy's on the field. I think it'll be similar, maybe different and maybe in some ways better and in some ways worse. But yeah, the rest of the team, I just I, I don't think they can hang on defense. So to me, when I'm looking at the Raiders and I'm looking at the the uh, the Los Angeles Rams, 
it's hard to differentiate between those two teams. And uh, I think the Raiders have more good players right now, but I don't know. I might take McVay and the Rams over the Raiders too. Like it, it wouldn't be Rams, shocking right? if the Raiders went completely in the tank, but I do, I do think that a healthy Jimmy G you've got Devontae Adams. They brought in Michael Mayer, which I think is a nice fit for them. They've mm-hmm. got a running game. They've got a running back. You can throw the ball to as well out of the backfield. Um, I do think, and they have the, they have the most important things on defense, which is, you know, great pass rusher. And you got Max Crosby and, um, and Chandler Jones. So maybe a sneaky better team, but I, I don't know if they're going to cover anybody. I don't know about the offensive line. And again, if the offensive line is not pass protecting and Jimmy's getting hurt, it's going to be a bad year. It wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders and Titans are the worst two teams in the AFC. And we haven't even mentioned the Titans yet. It's a perfect, that's a, just a professional radio segue, Matt, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, I, I honestly didn't look. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being surprised. No, I'm, like not I'm not fighting. This, this is a man that's been doing this for a long time. This is, why, <laughs> uh, this is why his old ESPN podcast was the most popular <laughs> podcast in the world. And, you know, Sad day this week with the uh, the firings at ESPN. By the yeah, way, yeah, I've been there and we'll a figure out the new media side too. of things and the, and the the audio side of things. But you know what? We figured it out. Matt Williamson has figured it out. Tennessee Titans next, and we'll finish the bottom half of power rankings in the NFL next. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, we are on to the Tennessee Titans in PFF's power rankings, number 24 overall in the NFL heading into 2023. And I like the way you framed that, Matt, with I don't think people should be shocked if the two worst teams in the AFC end up being the Las Vegas Raiders and the Tennessee Titans when the season's over. So, you know, give PFF some credit. We're looking at their site as we speak. They have this cute little graph right here with their pass blocking grades from last year. The Titans are a distant last. Like, they're pretty far away from 31. And I don't think it's going to be any better. Like, I love Skaronsky, but I still think it's the worst offensive line in the league. And it might be the worst group of pass catchers in the league. That's hard to win in this league with those two things. Yeah, if they're trying to win... I think they should probably throw some money at DeAndre Hopkins because mm-hmm. um and, and Peter Skronsky is a really good player. They they signed Andre Dillard in the offseason. That's not a fix. No. I, like um, that's not the solution. It definitely seemed like they're trying to get more athletic on the offensive line, but putting Dillard at left tackle and Peter Skronsky at left guard, Skronsky will be fine, but uh, like I we, this we talked with Tyler uh, Roland of uh, Locked On Titans last week or two weeks mm-hmm. ago, and th- I, I said basically, man, uh, you know, Peter Skronsky's probably going to play left tackle at some point because he's going to be the best guy. He's going to be the best guy. Yeah, and and so and the right tackle really... got suspended for betting, right? Yeah, so <laughs> he's uh, right. yeah, so maybe it's right tackle that he ends up playing, right, but you know, right. it's it. I love Skronsky, but he can only play one spot. You know, like just... they need him at both guard spots and both tackle spots. He can only do one of them. It's such a weird team. It's such it a weird is. team. Um, and they've got enough to be not terrible, which is why I think this is not a bad spot for them. I might have them a little lower, but there's flaws in all these teams we're talking about in the bottom half of the league. It could definitely fall apart for them. And last year they lost their quarterback to injury, right? And so if that happens again with Tannehill, then yeah, this could really go bad. 
Um, it, but you know, Vrabel's a good enough coach where they're going to win. They're almost going to win too many games. I think probably that, that's sort of the vibe I get from the Titans. They win too many games to draft in the top three, four, five, but they're not going to win enough games to be talking about the playoffs in December. My Steeler roots have a lot to do with this, but I do think there are some coaches that it's almost impossible for them to totally bottom, bottom out. And I think Tennessee might be one of them. That being said, I would have the Saints. Saints versus Titans to me isn't even close. I mean, I think New Orleans is a much better team. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think Atlanta's a much better team. Denver Broncos at 23. What what impact? Really, the question here is, and it's hard to know right now because Russell Wilson was so bad in year one with the Denver Broncos. But what's the impact of Sean Payton? How much better can this team be just by plug basically draw? I mean, they did other things, right? But you drop in a new head coach. We're talking about a guy who's a Hall of Fame track head coach. You drop yeah. him into an organization with uh, with really what was a bad, a poorly coached team last year. How much better could they be in one year? See, I think this is a little disrespectful to Denver as well. I, I think that'd have them 18th-ish, not 23. And for a couple of reasons you mentioned. I mean, kind of like the, the what we said about Brabel. And, you know, some of these coaches just know how to win in this league. And there's maybe 10 of them on the planet. And I think Denver has one of them. They also were the most injured team in the league last year. And I think Wilson won't stink. I'm not saying he's going to go back on a Hall of Fame path, but I think he won't stink in this system. And they'll run the football. And I think Denver's going to be noticeably better than they were last year. I, I They're going to be better. Like yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Just, How much better is, is what I question. And it's hard for me to look at the Broncos and say, well, they're for sure going to be better than half the league. Mm -hmm. But I can look at the Broncos and say, man, I would absolutely put money that they're going to be better than the Washington Commanders Tampa. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the next yeah, 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 yeah. The Washington Commanders come in at 22. And it's funny because in the PFF article, they 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 put the uh, the biggest impact player that from the draft. And Braden Daniels is uh, the tackle for them. It's like, mm. he wasn't even, like, he was, might not, not even play as a rookie. So, not like, that impactful, right? Yeah. Like, what, where did Washington get remarkably better from a really mediocre team last year? Yeah. I, I love their D line. I really like their weapons or their pass catchers. But O line quarterback is worrisome. And who's going to elevate things? I, I would have them a little lower as well. Um, I, again, I, their head coach is a professional head coach, but he's not Sean Payton Vrabel. You know that he's not going to make a beautiful chicken salad out of chicken droppings. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you know what I, mean? I do feel a little bit bad for Ron Rivera too, because oh. you know he he probably didn't have every job in the league open for him, and you know there's only 32 of those jobs. But man, just that wa that Washington job that he walked into was just brutal. They, like Washington needed him way more than he needed them. And it was almost a no win situation, you know? And so mm -hmm. new ownership's going to come in and eventually you're like, Oh, you didn't win a lot of games. Sorry, Ron, but it was just a rough place to be. Yeah. I mean, he at least kept them above water and got the most out of a team that he should. And he's a professional head coach. I mean, I'm not giving him a hard time to say he's not at the Peyton level, but he's been, a, he's a professional head coach that knows how to win in the games in this league. He, this is still swimming upstream a little bit. And I think part of the reason why this team comes in at number 22 and not lower is that, you know, there's some things to like about the roster and there's yeah. some talent there and on defense, you know, they added Forbes and Quan Martin. I really like uh, mm -hmm. 
I really like Quan Martin actually there as a you know defensive piece safety can play the nickel can do a lot in the modern era of uh, positionless football and offense and defending those teams and they've got all those first rounders up front like it could be a really good unit there um, I don't know how quarterback is going to turn out for them but you know there's some talent on this team and some playmakers on offense as well. 100%. I love McLaurin. I think Dotson's a really good player. I mentioned the D-line, those two defensive backs they drafted. So, yeah, there's some good stuff in place. Um, O-line quarterback worries me, to be honest with you. And uh, maybe 22's fine for them. I'm not going to fight them on that, but I would probably have them ahead of Tampa. Um, I would have Denver ahead of them, just talking about teams in this neighborhood. So I'm fine with 22 for Washington, but there's just not a lot of hope for this year. Is removing... Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the biggest change for any team in the NFL, like, you know, maybe Peyton in Denver, like what is mm-hmm. a bigger, you know, probably Rogers Aaron Rogers is big. Yeah, sure. The biggest one right after that. So like, yeah, put dropping in a hall of fame quarterback or removing a hall of fame quarterback, right. Which has a bigger impact. And I think, you know, we're seeing in power rankings and, and obviously Matt, you don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even should be at as high as number 21. No, but they do have some really good players. Like, that, that sounds disrespectful to Levante David and Vita Vea and their receivers. And, you know, they get back. I mean, come on. yeah, exactly. You know, and um, their center comes back. And, you know, Kalijah Cansey could help. And, and they have some guys in the secondary I like a lot. You know, like, there are really good players on this team. But what I find interesting, I'm glad you brought up Brady, is over the last two years, the Buccaneers threw more passes over a two-year stretch than any team in the history of the league. Like, they're not going to do that again. You know, they're not, are they going to ask Mayfield to throw it 50 times a game? So how do they play on offense now, and are they equipped to do it? I think it's going to be a struggle, and there's very little depth on this team. Coming in at number 20 is the New England Patriots. First round draft pick Christian Gonzalez with uh, Mm -hmm. all the Joneses on the defensive side of the ball there for Bill Belichick. Uh, They'll be fine on defense as they have been for multiple decades. Mm -hmm. The offensive side of the ball is, is um, Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones, the answer for the new England Patriots on that side of the ball. I'm warming up to this team more and more. Um, I think the league is really going to regret letting Christian Gonzalez fall that far in the draft, especially to this defense. You know, I mean, they use corners so well and rarely are any of them as talented as this guy, you know, all the Joneses and guys they've played with over the years. And I do think the defense could be the best in the league. I'm not saying it will be, but it could be the best in the league. I mean, they got 18 guys on defense that are all versatile and Belichick perfect guys. And it's kind of like the conversation we had about Russell Wilson. Like, I bet the offense doesn't stink now. You know, a coaching change will make it from hard to watch to slightly below average. And that's a big jump. Number 19 is the Chicago Bears, Matt. Oh, and I... Wow. I I personally, and I've kind of tried to rope you in on this and talk you into the Chicago Bears this year. I'm bullish on the Bears. Give me all the Bears stock of them improving this football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball of Justin Fields. I can't wait to see what he looks like this year. Such an important year for them. Did the Chicago Bears finally get themselves a quarterback, right? They bring in an offensive tackle Mm -hmm. in the first round and Darnell Wright. Obviously, the, the big move trading out from number one. You add DJ Moore to the offensive side of the ball. But 19, I don't know if I'm Pretty ready rich. to go this high. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go this yeah. high. For 
See, I, I see your way of thinking and I agree with 99% of it in that I think Fields is now set up to do well. I would buy Fields stock. I, you know, I'm a fan and I think the offense now actually has 11 real starters and a little bit of depth. You know, it's not like who are these dudes out here? I just think the defense, which, which they will protect with their running game is just lacking so many horses, you know, that I think the defense was going to get exposed, especially the pass rush. I actually like the secondary and how that's coming. Yeah, together. it's okay. They, they added uh, Gervin Dexter, Zach Pickens in the draft, day two. Mm-hmm. Back seven isn't bad on defense. Uh, it's it's really the edge. Like, could they make a move for an edge rusher? Could they? Could they? You know, whether it's before the season starts or at the. Let, like, what if they're competitive and they're like, we just need something off the edge? They make a big swing mid-season Chase Young or something. Then like maybe we're talking about okay, this team's fighting for a playoff spot, but mm-hmm. they they they. This rebuild is not done, and they're still a flawed football team. Uh, it would have to be a remarkable, remarkable year three, four. And look, we've seen it with multiple quarterbacks in the NFL. Huge year in year three for them, and, and they've helped him out with with talent around him. It'd have to be a remarkable year, though, for Justin Fields in year three for them to be, you know, nearing top half of the league. Yeah, I'm mean, again, I, I, I'm optimistic, but I'm just scrolling down. They would be behind the Patriots. They would be behind Washington. They'd be behind Denver. They'd be behind the Saints, Atlanta. And that's probably about it. But I mean, so I would drop them five or six spots. I mean, I think 19 is pretty rich for a team that had the first overall pick last year. Number 18 in these power rankings going 32 to one here. We'll do 16 to number one in part two tomorrow. Green Bay Packers at 18. You remove a Hall of Fame quarterback and they're still projected to be a pretty competitive football team. Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'd rank them, to be honest with you. I think they're a really difficult team. Obviously, a sweeping change at quarterback. How are they going to play on offense? Super-duper young team. Littered with first-round picks on the defense. I have to think it'll be better than it was last year. So I guess right in the middle of the pack here, you know, end our show with you know a mediocre, true average team in this neighborhood. I know there's another one coming, but... I think that's probably where Green Bay belongs. But don't be surprised if I pick them to win their division. I think that's possible. The most difficult team because it's a sliding yeah. scale. Jordan Love, is he good? This is no a good idea. team. Is he bad? Right, 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 right. Probably a bad team. Right, exactly. I mean, some of the young quarterbacks out there, you have a better feel for what they are. I mean, I'm, I know I have a better feel for Kenny Pickett than I do Jordan Love. You know, I, have, I might have a better feel for Desmond Ritter than I do Jordan Love. Think about rookies from last year. Right. And speaking of mediocrity, Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, coming in. Mm. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Wow. Uh, no, like, I, uh, uh, this is a, kind of another difficult team. The Pittsburgh they Steelers. They are. Like, they're, 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 they're always in it, that, you know. Right. Like, they're going to be not terrible. But how good is Kenny Pickett? Like how? Like what's the ceiling for Kenny Pickett? Year two, he was an older prospect that you think should hit his ceiling sooner than other you know twenty year old quarterbacks that played one year of college football. So where do you expect this to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep harping on this because I find it funny. But Kenny turned twenty five on my fiftieth birthday just less than a month ago. I mean, he's is up in age. <sighs> I don't know if I would put them fourth in the division, but I certainly understand it. I think they're going to win nine or 10 games and the roster, the, the off season was very kind to the Steelers. They don't have a ton of star power, but I don't see a lot of weaknesses either. I mean, in, in the fact that they ran the ball so well in the second half of the season, I think gives them a higher floor on offense than some people might realize. 
And I'm a believer in Kenny. I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but I have a, I'm a believer in him. Getting a full season of TJ Watt will be helpful sure, for this right. football team, right? Um, but, but but clearly the question is, how good is the young quarterback and and what are they able to do on the offensive side of the ball? Are they able to score with some teams? And there's some superstar quarterbacks in that division. This is the first team from yeah. the AFC North, and we're going to talk a lot more about the AFC North tomorrow, Matt, when we finish up number 16 to number one in PFF's power rankings and our thoughts on those power rankings, notes on every team in the NFL tomorrow thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network subscribe up on youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts